0: You know I'm going to get you, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever it takes to get there. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to the Basement Talk podcast. There's no fantasy show at the end of that. No, 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 no. It is the Basement Talk podcast. It is back. Ed Birdsall, Jake Simone, your hosts from here into the valley of the land beyond. Jake, how are we doing? Glad to be back.
1: Yeah, man. Love being back with my boy from Down Under on this great radio program. Let's get after it. Broaden the horizons up a little bit. Glad fantasy's over.
0: It's time to get back to reality. Amen amen to that. So before before we get into the, and and yes, it is going to be a more football-based show today because there is a lot to talk about. We are recording this on Monday, January 10th. You will be hearing this on Tuesday, January 11th. So you'll be hearing this after the national championship game. Um, my one quick question for you, Jake, is who wins the national championship tonight and what is the score?
1: God, man, it's close. I, I really think it could go either way. I know that's a very cliche answer, but like when, I, when I'm when i in doubt, uh, I tend not to bet against Nick Saban.
0: Plus 120 money line.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Tide tonight. I think the Tide won a high-scoring game. Uh, give me the Tide, 33-24.
0: Give me Alabama 30 to 27.
1: Okay, so we're close.
0: Very close. I think it's going to be a very close game. I don't think this is a, uh, a blowout in any sort of direction. But like you said, Jake, when in doubt, go with Nick Saban. So the rundown for today, we're going to do a little NFL playoff preview. Obviously, Wildcard Weekend is this weekend. So we'll be running through all of the games, picking them, giving a quick little preview of Each matchup, Black Monday, is is today, and we will be running through all of the firings that took place today, including the absolutely mind-boggling, baffling, ridiculous decision by the Miami Dolphins to fire Brian Flores. We will get there in a little while. But first, we have to talk about (laughs) that Chargers and Raiders game that took place Sunday night and the absolute mayhem that it was the raiders they really did their best to lose this game justin herbert that second half especially he man the man's different the man the man is, is he's different but everybody is going to talk about and there's only one thing that anybody is talking about today and this is the avenue that we're going to go down jake Brandon Staley, head coach yeah, of the Los Angeles Chargers, calling a timeout with 30 seconds left in overtime, which would have – it could have drained the clock. It would have said, okay, to the Raiders, all right, run the ball. We're done. Game over. Sweet. Nope. Ran out. It's called timeout. Just kill the clock. Raiders ran another play. Got them in the field goal range. And Daniel Carlson kicked the field goal. Raiders and Steelers in the playoffs and the Chargers are out because of their head coach.
1: Yeah. It's almost like we get robbed as fans. We don't get to see Justin Herbert in the playoffs. Instead, we get to see the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger.
0: I, I um, literally said last night, everybody loses in this situation. Every, every, everybody wins.
1: does lose, but um, it, it almost seems kind of like Staley had too much pride to go to the playoffs just based on a tie. It's like he, he would rather not go if it meant kind of, Tying a game that the rate that the Chargers should have lost, whereas the Raiders were doing the smart thing. I personally thought that both teams should have set out to tie from the beginning. I didn't think there was really much to gain from playing that game, other than a player getting injured that could help you win the whole thing. So if you know that you can both make the playoffs and you don't need to risk getting hurt, it sounds like a perfect world, right? Ideally, so, so I, it looked like Staley's ego got in the way there, and then uh, Basha, the, the Raiders coach, who's done a phenomenal job this year, and should remain the Raiders coach. I don't even know why it's even a, a question anymore. I mean, this guy, you, you talk about the circumstances, but John Gruden in that fiasco, you have Henry Ruggs, the guy just last week, somebody got a DUI for, from the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And Derek Carr, Bashia really held that ship together, and uh, hats off to both of them. Um, but, yeah, man, Staley, I see a lot of things about him getting fired. A lot of people are saying that they – I wouldn't go that far. I think it was a learning moment for him. But I do think uh, it's going to be tough for him to look his players in the eyes this offseason because I, I per, from the timeout and going for it on the 20-yard line and what was it, like the second quarter or something ridiculous? Third quarter. It was the, the third, third quarter. quarter. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. And he's single. Maybe if he didn't go for it there, that's three points right there. Maybe you win in regulation. Who knows? So I think Staley single-handedly caused the Chargers the game last night. That's a shame.
0: I, I, I agree with basically everything that you just said. I mean, we'll we'll start with talking about the, the Raiders and, and Rich Passaccia and, and the job that, that he has done. There is no doubt in my mind that he should be the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders moving forward, and there is a real case to be made, and I would even hear it, that Rich Passaccia deserves to be the NFL coach of the year. I think that that is a really – he is a really, really good case to win would it.
1: would he go that far? I think Mike Vrabel's has done a hell of a job in Tennessee this year.
0: I mean, that's, yeah, yeah you, that's you're the, the one
1: seed without Derek Henry.
0: Yeah, well, that's fair. That's fair. But I mean, with all with the with the trials and tribulations that the Raiders have had to go through and not even not even like really on field, because I think everyone everyone kind of knew what the Raiders were. They were a good team, not really a great team, not a bad team either. They were just kind of like this meh, shrug of the shoulders kind of team, but Rich Pisaccio, with all that went on, with all the outside noise, with all the distractions that that, that, that could have potentially derailed this team, it didn't. It didn't. He was able to come in. He was able to steady the ship, and he's done an unbelievable job. And I agree, he should remain head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders beyond. Yeah, I I, I really don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, maybe Mike Mayock wants to go get his own guy, but he should be the guy based on everything that he's done with the chargers. I mean, Brandon Staley, it's not, but it's not just like this game. Okay. This is the game that is going to be the most publicized. This is the game that everybody was watching game 272 where it all was on the line, but there is not anything that I saw from the Chargers head coach last night that was any different from anything that I've seen from him this year. He's shown the inexperience countless times, the aggressiveness to go for on fourth down. I understand it. the analytics back it up. I got it. But you're going to go for it in your own territory. You're going to give the Raiders the ball if you don't get it basically outside your own red zone. Like there's a game that has to be played and what it suggests to me right because i me personally there are arguments for and against the timeout and overtime we'll get to that in a minute i personally feel that the call to go for it in their own territory deep in their own territory is worse and more egregious than the or than the timeout and overtime Wholeheart- just because i wholeheartedly disagree just because there's a different – you can try and construe it in any different way. With the timeout and overtime, there is a shot that I have seen where there is a Raiders receiver wide open. There's not a guy within five miles. So Brandon Staley had no idea that the Raiders wanted to knee it out. There's a guy It's uncovered on the far sideline. All Derek Carr has to do is throw a 10-yard pass across the field And boom, that guy walks in for a touchdown game over. Didn't want to risk that. Got it. But, but the Raiders showed no intent. They showed no intent that they were going to even try and throw the ball. If they were going to do it, they would have done it. The fact of the matter is that the Raiders just wanted to, they wanted to bleed. They wanted to bleed the clock. They wanted to bleed the clock, but Brandon Staley did get cute. However, for me, what Brandon Staley did, in going for it in his own territory, suggested at least to me, and I don't know how you feel about it, Jake, but to me it signaled that he had no faith, zero faith, in his defense being able to dig them out of a hole, that he did not feel good about punting it back to the Raiders and that his defense would be able to get a stop. Right or wrong, that's what that's how I construed it. That's just too, it's too risky of a spot. He's got the biggest balls in the room if it pays off. He's got the smallest brain in the room if it doesn't pay off. And it didn't pay off. And now we're talking about him more ways than one today.
1: You know what's crazy, though, is he is a defensive coach. So you think it would just be in his background. That's like, okay, you know what? Our, de- our defense is going to make a stop here. We'll get the ball back. But I don't know, man. I, I feel like anybody, I get it. He didn't know that they were going to kneel it or something like that. But why are they letting the clock run down like that? You know what I'm saying? You have have no idea. You have to know. There's no reason to be taking a timeout there. You're hoping that they do run out of time because that's your best chance of tying and going to the playoffs. And I don't know, man. I I think that timeout was egregious. There's no reason to call a timeout there. There, There's none. I I get it. The guy wasn't lying, but I think you would think that when they actually line up that a chargers defender would see that nobody is covering that wide receiver out wide and and the Raiders also weren't looking to throw the ball. They were just going to either hand it off or kneel it. And I think that timeout was just Well, it's egregious.
0: It, 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 it's egregious. I mean, but there going is for it, it no is denying guys, that. man.
1: Like, I've seen it before. I, I have seen other coaches do it before where they go for it. And you know what? If that worked out and the Chargers score a touchdown there, he's a genius. We're all saying that's we'd way to trust Justin Herbert. It's a whole different ballgame. He did it earlier in the year when they played the Chiefs. When they How many fourth downs did they go for it? When they played Kansas City, and it worked oh, out. Oh,
0: God. I think where it was Five or six
1: where he trusted Justin Herbert and it worked out and they won the game. So it's kind of like a hindsight is 2020 thing. Whereas with the timeout, it's what are you doing? There's no, no excuse to be stopping the clock there. None.
0: It's poor. It's poor clock management from it's as simple as that. And, and yeah, he'll learn from it. I'm sure. But I think you also made a good point earlier when you said, how does he as a coach go back into a yeah. locker room after a game like that, after an ending like that and look his players in the face and be like, all right, guys, we gave it our best effort there. I don't you know.
1: Can. That, you can't. Well, I mean, when it, you know, it, it does help having Justin Herbert as your quarterback to help, that, to help that and winning can, can cure all it's not even, you know what? They can blame it all on the last game all they want, but how about when they lost to the Texans in the I mean, how many late season, this is just typical Charger football. You start off the year great, looks promising, and then you start blowing games in December and just either barely make it into the playoffs or you have an epic collapse and don't make the playoffs. That's, that's Georgia football.
0: It is. It is. It, it it just repeats itself. History just repeats itself. But but then again, Los Angeles doesn't care about football. Send them back to San Diego as far as, far as I'm concerned. Um. Yeah, Justin Herbert. It's a bad man.
1: Yeah, he's the real deal
0: a bad man he's the, how, I think
1: he I think he's the most talented quarterback but I mean we're always going to pair these two guys for life it's like he's got the most talent out of all the young rookie quarterbacks but in terms of intangibles I think Burrow is is a different breed than anybody else I think that guy's just as gritty as they come
0: I agree I agree and, and I don't think it's I don't think it's a slight on Herbert I don't think it's a slight on Burrow I think that they're two great quarterbacks I think they're two quarterbacks that are going we're going to be talking about Herbert and Burrow for the next 10 years in, in this league. But honestly, I mean, what let's actually let's go down this 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 hallway, shall we? If you had to pick one that would have the better success in the future given their current setup, who would it be? Burrow or Herbert?
1: What are we measuring success by? Winning Super Bowls, like statistics,
0: getting far into the playoffs individual accolades, team uh, accolades. I'm, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow
1: because, because of the landscape I mean, listen, he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes in his division. That's for starters. True. And also I kind of like the, the whole infrastructure of Cincinnati as opposed to the chargers. I mean, we saw it last night that, that Brandon Staley can be a negative uh, rather than a positive in games. And whereas Zach Taylor, I feel like, yes, he's not the world's greatest coach in the world, but we have to give credit to where it's due. I mean, Cincinnati was a disaster when Zach Taylor took over for Marvin Lewis. And they have, they have rebuilt it. They, they sure have. It, there, there's no denying that. And they drafted well. And the division, like I said, we don't know what, what the Pittsburgh Steelers will look like with Ben Roethlisberger retiring at the end of the season. Lamar Jackson, who knows about him? He, he missed what, two months at the end. And when's the last time we seen Lamar Jackson Halloween? Yeah.
0: You know, we don't so we, know We haven't them. seen him since I think probably Thanksgiving. Exactly. Who's to say Lamar Jackson's career
1: can't be like a Michael Vicks to a lesser extent where injuries with the mobile scrambling quarterback can just derail the whole operation for the team. And Cleveland is Cleveland. Um, You know, I don't love Baker Mayfield. I think that um, I wouldn't – I don't think he's a starting quarterback anymore, um, to be completely honest with you. I I wouldn't want him starting for my team. I'll tell you that much. Um, Mine neither. So I just think that division is very winnable, whereas the Chargers division – you got Patrick Mahomes, Denver. If they get a quarterback, they're definitely better than the Chargers. I think we agree.
0: Oh yeah, we agree. We
1: absolutely we, agree. We agree there. And then there's the Raiders, who I it just doesn't seem to matter what's going on with the Raiders. They'll find a way to win their eight to ten games a year.
0: Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, it's it's credit to credit to them. They find they find ways to win games, Somehow. and that and really, really, what it comes down to is, and I think we 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 may agree on this is. It's not necessarily the best team that ends up winning. It's always going to be the team that catches fire at the right time. Like last year, I don't think a whole lot of people were saying, or at least openly, that Tampa Bay was a better team than Kansas City was. I think a lot of people just said, oh, Kansas City with Mahomes, Kelsey, Tariq, uh, Tom Brady over the hill, he hasn't come against this sort of beast. And the Chiefs win it on the Super Bowl.
1: You're right, though, because Tampa Bay started off the year. It was like, you know, what's on there? Did Brady make a mistake? Mm-hmm. And then in December, we're all like, okay, keep an eye on Tampa Bay. They seem to be clicking at the right time. And then next thing you know, there they are in the Super Bowl. Yep. And then the pass rush is the difference there. So
0: you're right. And with, I mean, I, and look, I'm not saying that the Raiders are going to be a Super Bowl team by any means. I mean, no. they're playing Cincinnati, and we'll get to we'll get to them uh, in a in a little while. But it, it's the Raiders just got everything right, and I'll, I'll even say I'll even go as far as to say this, especially in that first half, the Raiders were the only team that showed up.
1: Oh yeah, the Chargers didn't show up to start the game.
0: No. No, we're we're probably talking about an an entire different game. If the Chargers make a couple plays, make a couple catches in in the first half that they that they didn't make,
1: Mike Raiders Williams, complete, yeah,
0: Mike Williams was invisible. Keenan Allen was invisible, and for a large portion of that second half, Austin Eckler was an, invisible after having two no, touchdowns yeah. in the first half.
1: Yeah, they were completely one dimensional in the second half. The Chargers no. they completely neutralized Austin Eckler, and made him one dimensional. So. Yeah, it was a good story for the Raiders. I unfortunately um, think it's ending this week, but good for them.
0: Yep, yeah, it's good. Good for them. They 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 have overachieved in every uh, sense of the word. And for the Chargers, it is uh, it is back to back to the drawing board for uh, for them. Uh, before we move on to talking about the coaches, and this is actually a good segue in talking about the coaches. Jake, give give us the pros and the cons for the chargers if they were going to fire brandon staley
1: i think that's a the cons is you just look like a giant mess you just hired the guy last year He's a first year coach you it wasn't like they won three games this year all right they were a hair away from getting to the playoffs so nine win team exactly you don't need to completely start over again you don't want justin herbert to have his third coach in three years um and learn uh, that's ridiculous. As for a positive, I guess it would be the most attract- attractive job on the market. But I mean, would it be really? I mean, you're, you're going to your this, you just fired a guy after a year after nearly making the playoffs, and you could be act, it could look bad to candidates where you act very irrational just for firing a guy after one, you know, see what I'm saying? It's not a good look right there. Who's to say you wouldn't do that to another candidate if something like that were to happen to them and you wouldn't remain patient? So, I can't really think of too many positives. He's not getting fired. I think we can move on.
0: Yes, let's let's move on. Shall we? Let's go and talk about Black Monday and the day that it was. So, in terms of coaches that were fired today, Mike Zimmer of the Minnesota Vikings, Vic Fangio of the Denver Broncos, Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins. The Jags opening has been there for forever. Uh, we'll still talk about the Jaguars as one of the, uh, the openings uh, Matt Nagy of the Chicago bears, the end of, uh, of an era necessarily necessarily <laughs> error, 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 error is for right. the Chicago bears. And then the two teams that didn't make any firings today, which I think were a little bit of a surprise. To some people, uh, the New York giants with uh, Joe judge and then the Houston Texans with uh, David Culley.
1: Yeah, I, I think Cully's gone. I, I can't see him. I think you know what they're doing right now. They're gauging Josh McDaniels' interest, and then maybe Josh McDaniels is like, you know what, give me a call next year. But <laughs> we'll see. Get some better players first, and we could we could talk, and then maybe they'll keep Cully around for another year. I mean, it's 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 quite
0: possible. It, it, it is quite possible. I mean, let's start let's start with the Vikings. And by the way, how we're gonna how we're gonna do this is we're just gonna kind of go through uh, each and just kind of talk about each team and where they are. And then you know kind of figure out how desirable the place they are and then maybe give some candidates that would be uh that would be good fits there so for the uh, for the vikings they're in an interesting i think sort of spot where they don't necessarily have to tear it down but if they wanted to tear it down they could I, i personally thought they
1: made a horrible decision letting go of mike zimmer and their general manager. I thought the Vikings had some great drafts the last like two or three years.
0: Yeah. Zimmer and Rick Spielman have done an Rick unbelievable Spielman job in terms of crafting that team.
1: Exactly. So I thought they made a mistake. I think this is a win now team. I think you hire a coach that has, you know, it's tough to say a proven winner because you're not going to go out there and hire like a, uh, like a bill, bill coward. We're not talking about those kind of type of candidates. I think you need a coach that's coached before with that locker room for sure. And, um, I think that's the most desirable job right now in terms of just winning right away. You look at that, that offense is just loaded right there. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Kirk Cousins in the world, but they have pieces, and it's a pretty winnable division too. Outside of the Packers, is Detroit or Chicago Mm-mm. moving the needle? Nope.
0: Nope. They're. I think they're comfortably the second-place team in, in, in that division, and you get a coach in there that can really write this ship you know, you're, you're talking about a team that ne- that just next year, they can really contend for a wild card spot. I'm not going to say that they are a division, you know, capable of winning the division unless Aaron Rodgers goes to pastures anew, which by the way, uh, Jake and I are on the same boat here, that Aaron Rodgers is not going anywhere. So wow. it looks like he'll be staying in Green Bay, barring something totally unfor- unforeseen, but I think the the conversation is is interesting surrounding the Minnesota Vikings and what do they do? Obviously, there is a decision that has to be made with Kirk Cousins. He's on the last year of his three-year contract. They have Kellen Mond. Obviously, Mike Zimmer basically came out very publicly and said that, yeah, he does not need to see Kellen Mond. Mike Zimmer is no longer there. So maybe Kellen Mond gets more of a fair crack under under a new coach but I, I kind of feel like that they, they have to improve defensively. That's for sure. They had a defensive coach with Mike Zimmer. I don't know if a defensive coach is the way, though, that I would necessarily go. Obviously, there's two candidates for me that jump off the page right away. That's Dan Quinn and Brian Flores, if you're going to go defensive. If I, would to,
1: no, oh yeah, I wouldn't hire Dan Quinn to be a coach of my team. I, I wouldn't <laughs> hire Dan
0: Quinn either. Just only because I really want him to stay in Dallas because I do love Dan Quinn, but if you are going to go the offensive route, and, and I think he's going to be a candidate that I mentioned for a lot of these teams because he's a guy that, from what I understand, has gotten a lot of traction, and that's Kellen Moore because a yeah. young a you could go uh all you want from what I know that there are a lot of teams that really, really like Kellen Moore. And then one one under the radar one, and one that's a little bit close to home for the Vikings, and this is one that maybe is a bit outside the box. How about Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, offensive coordinator for Aaron Rodgers, if they're going to go for a first-time hire, which, I mean, they did, they did with Mike Zimmer. So... I mean, are, is there more of an established candidate out there? Flores is probably that guy. Maybe if they wanted to go really, really, really basic, you go Jim Caldwell. But again, I think that that's one that's not really super inspiring by by any means. But I, I just think for the Vikings that an offensive hire is probably what they need. If that there is a guarantee that you can go in and you can bring in somebody that is has a really, really strong defensive acumen to help that defense, that defense just got carved apart this year.
1: I have three names for the Vikings that I would definitely interview. Number one, I think Brian Flores, that's the perfect spot for him. Perfect spot. Mm -hmm. Um, I would do anything in my power to get Brian Flores in the building. Uh, Number two, how about Byron Lefwich, the office coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, similar style of quarterbacking from Tom Brady and Kirk cousins. Sure. Could be a match there. A lot of, A lot of talent, um, similar to Tampa Bay's offense. So um, right there and sticking with Tampa Bay, um, I think it's time Todd Bowles maybe gets another look to be a head coach somewhere, but it seems weird with him because I think he's kind of like that coach in waiting in Tampa Bay. When Bruce Arians decides to step aside, I think he'll hand the job over to Todd Bowles. Um, So I I would say those are my top three uh, choices for that particular opening
0: very interesting that you, that you say that Bowles is the is the guy in in waiting just because I, I kind of feel like that could be the sort of that could be the, the job for Leftwich.
1: No, I think both which stays if Yeah, but, Bulls, stays. but Bowles is like a son to Bruce Arians man
0: that's true no, no, that is true that I is think true. Bowles
1: is the guy there I think both Bowles wasn't too aggressive in interviewing for jobs last year either um I don't know man
0: yeah, he, I, he deserves I another
1: shot too. Listen, it didn't work out with the Jets, but I think he deserves another shot to, to be a head coach somewhere. I really do. I
0: I do as well. I do as well. He he's proven himself with with Tampa Bay, like you mentioned. He has not. He hasn't even been aggressive this year. Like you mentioned, him
1: the Raiders linked with
0: the Jags job, but you know, outside of that, you really haven't heard him named with any of these other openings outside of the Jags. Um, but with Leftwich, you know, he's being linked with a lot of different spots, and 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 both of them deserve opportunities to be uh, to be head coaches. And um, yeah, I think Leftwich Leftwich could be a uh, a good spot in uh, in Minnesota. But yeah, I think we both agree that Brian Flores is probably the, the, the he's the cream of the crop hire for for any team, let alone just the Vikings.
1: I, I you know yes, I think Flores should have kept his job but i think people think flores is a lot better of a head coach than what he is like you know he's a good coach but he's not exactly uh you know uh like a mike tomlin he's not exactly like a uh, i would even say p carroll but who knows p carroll nowadays um you see what i'm saying that upper echelon of coaches i don't think flores is in that group
0: uh-huh. um i wouldn't put him Look in the, the same category I wouldn't put him in the same category as a Tomlin or a McVay or a Belichick, Andy Reid. No, I wouldn't put him in that. But would I put him in the category below with coaches like Cliff Kingsbury with um, maybe not not as high, but maybe in the same – in the lower end of the group as Kyle Shanahan? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I think I think that's probably where I'd put him. He's like, if you're grading it on a scale of like A coaches being Tomlin, Reed, Belichick, McVeigh, then B coaches being you know Kingsbury, maybe Mike McCarthy, you'd put you'd put in that group. Brian Flores would probably be in that in that low tier B group, if not the top of like the C tier group of of, of coaches. Fair. I mean, he he did go eight and one. He going 8 and 1 yeah, over, but listen, over his last 9 he, games. He
1: beat the Jets twice, the Texans, the Saints with Ian Book. Fair. I mean, what are we doing here?
0: <laughs> like Fair. Hey, he he did also beat the Patriots. Beat the Patriots twice. Yep, and his reward for that was he got fired. <laughs> yeah. But there were there were there were rumblings there in in Miami that there was just a clear difference of, uh, of opinion in terms of yeah. how they wanted to proceed, especially, especially at a quarterback.
1: It reminds me a little bit of when, do you remember when Doug Marone left the Buffalo bills a couple of years ago, where they had yeah. a nine and seven season, it was looking like the arrow was pointing up over there and everybody was like, huh, that's odd. And then it turns out that he was, you know, having some issues behind the scenes that we didn't know about. To be, and then he didn't get a job after that.
0: Right. Right. And th- this could be very, very similar. Only, Flores is is going to get a job. I, mean, I don't think
1: is... I don't think that's a lock. I don't think that is a sure bet. I don't.
0: I do. We don't know I the do. full
1: story. We we do not know the full story of what fair. went on there.
0: Fair, fair. But if you're doing it based on merit. Yeah, he deserves one. Yes, he deserves it. But until the full story comes out, then, you know, if he, there was shit going on behind the scenes that, you know, is not exactly as you would call kosher. Then of course then there's a conversation that has to be had. But he should, at the very least. He'll he'll be getting a ton he, of interviews. I'm he's sure. my pick for Minnesota. I'll give you my pick for all of them. On the house. Uh, if I had to pick one from from Minnesota, I would go with yeah, I'll I'll go with Flores. I'll go with Flores for, for Minnesota. And while we're while we're on him, uh Miami.
1: This one's interesting. I think the obvious choice here is Brian Dable. The offensive mm-hmm. coordinator of the Buffalo Bills, the familiarity yeah. with Tua. I mm-hmm. think the Dolphins are putting all their eggs in the Tua basket. Uh, he has to work out or else they are uh, screwed starting from scratch again. Yeah, screwed is is a better term there. And I think uh, they need to go with an offensive mind and they need to put every single resource imaginable in front of Tua to make sure that they don't look completely stupid for passing on Justin Herbert. So I'm going to go with Dable.
0: Dable's a good shout. Dable is is a really, really good shout. I'm going to go for someone that is a bit under the radar. Someone that has been linked to many NFL jobs in the past. And is basically at this point, it's basically a formality of when he decides to leave his current job and take an NFL job. And that's Matt Campbell of the Iowa state cyclones. He has just been linked with every head coaching job over the last two or three years. He was linked with the jets job. At one point, he was linked with the Dallas job and I think he's going to be a name that's uh, that's tossed around here. I think it's uh, Jake and I, the one thing that we have in common here is that the dolphins have to hire an offensive guy that can work with Tua to make that work because it's very clear that the dolphins are all in on Tua. Maybe Brian Flores was all in on trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. If that's the case. And that is one of the philosophical differences that, that he had with the higher ups of the Miami dolphins Then maybe that's why the departure happened. But Matt Campbell would come in. He would work with Tua as an offensive guy, and he he, he's a young coach too. And we we you know there's this theme that's been that's been going on of head coaches that are being hired that are really really young. You look at uh, Rob Sala. You look at Zach Taylor, Kyle Shanahan, Cliff Kingsbury. You know the one who really started this whole trend, Sean McVay, then Matt Lafleur, all these young up and coming coaches that get these head coaching jobs. And completely change the tide of how of how the game is played. You know, you're not seeing a lot of a lot of dinosaurs getting these uh, getting these jobs. They're all young guys that are on the cub up. Matt Campbell is he's exactly that. And you know, if you're looking for a guy that's going to motivate, a guy that's going to be a leader, that's Matt Campbell. That's Matt Campbell. He has generated rave rave reviews at Iowa State, and. I mean, he's a three-time Big 12 Coach of the Year winner, I believe it is. So yeah, it's I mean, a good he's, got, he's got the accolades behind him as well.
1: Yeah, if he wants a job, he'll get one.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that's that's kind of how I viewed Lincoln Riley for a long time. Was yeah, if Lincoln now, Riley yeah. won, wanted to make the jump from Oklahoma to the NFL, he could have had his pick. He could have had his pick, but he decided to to go to uh, to USC, Denver. Denver, they are a quarterback away. I feel like this is a team that has everything in place. They just need to find a quarterback that is going to get them over the hump. If it's going to be – if Aaron Rodgers does leave Green Bay, I'm not saying that he's going to. I'm just speculating here. We're just going to play devil's advocate. If Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, goes to Denver, oof. Oh, my God, that AFC West would be, would be great. But he has to, he has to have a coach there that would be all in on that. And I mean, I guess if, if Nathaniel Hackett makes a lot of sense, that's my pick. If they are going to go, if they're going to try and lure Rogers to get his offensive coordinator there as, as his head coach, that could be very interesting.
1: I, I think, yeah, but I think they like Hackett for a different, I, I have heard Hackett's name linked with the job. Yeah, um, I have too. It seems like a Hackett versus Dan Quinn situation over there. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, I I personally think, you know, what are you going to do? Hire another defensive mind? You just got rid of a great defensive mind in Vic Fangio. Defense was not why you were losing. It's because you cannot score points or develop a quarterback, which is why you haven't gone to the playoffs. Correct. So um, let's go with the offensive side there. I think Hackett makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm going to keep saying it. I think Brian Dable deserves to be head coach somewhere next year. Um, Yep. So I'm going to go with Hackett, though. Feel confident about that one, too.
0: Yeah, Hackett, I think, is a, is a really, really, really good shout there. And, I mean, if if it's not – I mean, my, my pick is Hackett as well. Um, but if it's not going to be Flores in Minnesota, I think Flores in in, uh, in Denver does make a lot of sense as Definitely as well. does. Uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. With, I love mine. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, the Urban Meyer situation, that has come and gone. They need to fill – this head coaching vacancy that that they have, Jake, who you got? What does
1: the Jacksonville situation remind you a lot of? It was a team. Forgot how many years ago. What franchise does Jacksonville kind of remind you of? Just an absolute nightmare. Not the Jets, but <laughs> you know, I was going to like say a middle.
0: Talking about the Jets?
1: No. Um... Compare. No, no, Like this is like an act. Listen, the mm-hmm. Jets are pretty Like not maybe not so much anymore, but. Like people, like the Jets compared to a lot of other franchises. Like, let's calm down here, folks. Like, they, if they weren't in New York; you wouldn't know about them.
0: No, they they kind of remind me. I don't know if I don't know if this is the answer you're looking for. They kind of remind me of like a Cincinnati and a Cleveland.
1: Yep, they remind. I was just gonna say they remind me a lot of what Cincinnati was when Marvin Lewis took the job mm-hmm. there, and I think that's exactly who they need um, as their coach. They need an adult. They need a calming presence. They need somebody. People like. People like to kind of rain a lot on Marvin Lewis. And yes, it's fun. He's never won a playoff game. But remember how bad the Bengals were when Marvin Lewis took the job there? They weren't even like a franchise. Brutal. And Marvin Lewis brought them to a respectable level. Like he was very instrumental there. And that's kind of what the Jaguars need, in my opinion. Yes, it would be nice to kind of get a guy to set Trevor Lawrence for life. They need to they need to walk before they can run in my opinion I think Marvin Lewis is the perfect guy for that if you get Marvin Lewis in there with well um, no Hugh Jackson probably wouldn't be joining him but if if you can get Marvin Lewis and let's go with like Jay Gruden who I think is a little bit of an underrated offensive mind I think he's more of a coordinator than a coach I think if you get those two in there running things I think you have something there
0: you could write that ship that ship would be would be righted for for sure you you would not be a joke. Yeah, yeah, you would not be a joke. You would not be a joke. I'm going to go on a, a little bit of a different avenue here. And we agree that they have to go offensive to Taylor to Trevor Lawrence. We we do agree. However, I'm going to go with someone that has just been linked with every single fucking head coaching job over the last two or three years. It's not Matt Campbell. <laughs> and That's Eric Beniammi.
1: No, I, I you got to get somebody with experience. You you have, you have to. If you're it, my second choice after Marvin Lewis was going to be Jim Caldwell.
0: My second choice after B.D.M. would be Brian uh, Byron Leftwich. Just yeah, because
1: I mean, I, the ties to Jacksonville, I got you.
0: Just because I think that Jacksonville. I mean, yes, if you wanted to bring an, an old head in there, you could do it absolutely. But I think Jacksonville, and we we make the point of Cincinnati. I think it's a very similar situation to what Zach Taylor walked into, where Zach Taylor did not have that coaching experience, but Zach Taylor was able to learn on the job. I think this is a great opportunity for Beanie Ami, uh, Byron Lethwich, hell even even Kellen Moore to I walk, disagree. to walk in there, take a take a wing year because we all know that Jack Jacksonville is not going to make a hire, and then like that they're not going to go and get back to the playoffs. It's not happening. There needs to be some sort of build there. And if you can get a head coach in there that can learn on the job, take the year one and be like, okay, learning my way. Then year two, like, okay, got to make a little bit more of a step there. And then at year three, okay, really got a full send it now and see what we're, what we're made of. I think that's a, that's a perfect opportunity for a coach to go in there and learn. But I also understand the side of going in there with an older head just to try and ride the ship i i i do understand that and i i I see the argument
1: yeah it's like i I disagree with you there with with learning you can't really learn on the job with trevor lawrence this is the most scrutinized and most polarizing number one draft pick there's ever been to be completely honest with you in my lifetime Hmm. all right i wasn't alive for when peyton manning was drafted out of tennessee um i don't think andrew luck was nearly as popular as as Uh, what Trevor Lawrence was. I mean, listen, Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick for four years in a row, four years in a row. If he was in the draft when he was a true freshman in college, he's the number one pick. So Jacksonville can't afford, they, especially you kind of had that with urban Meyer where you, you kind of had the unknown, like innovative, like coming from college successful winner. I just think you need a surefire NFL coach in there. That's been around locker rooms for an eternity and if you were going to go outside of the realm of the NFL experience, yes, I think left, which would make the most sense there, but um, I don't think Bienname is, is their guy at all. I think that's, that's an, a brutal fit. I had Bienemy getting a job, but I just think this is not the job for him. Um, I think this, an adult needs to be in the building um, and get, get this program. They don't even have a program right now, Jacksonville. you had fans going there in clown costumes. That's true. You need to come back to respectability. Yeah, I, I think Marvin Lewis is the perfect man for that job.
0: The Chicago Bears. Yeah, no, this is where I think the enemy goes. I, I I think it's a it's a solid fit. However, can you sell the city of Chicago on another Andy Reed Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator?
1: Yeah, yes and no because the last time it was the Alex Smith's coordinator, as opposed to Patrick Mahomes' coordinator.
0: Fair. Fair.
1: So I think it's a little different. And also like Nagy was a coordinator for like five minutes for Andy Reid. and felt like the enemy has been there for years.
0: True. That's true. That's true. I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with a different approach. And again, I think we're just seeing a theme of defensive coaches being replaced with offensive coaches and offensive coaches being replaced with defensive coaches. It's going to continue here. I'm going to go with someone a bit under the radar. How about Matt Eberflus defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts? Someone who is loved around the league someone who's loved in his own building in indianapolis and that colts defense played above and beyond any expectations that they had in store going into the year obviously it did not work the last week of the season they just got absolutely taken to the races by jacksonville so maybe that puts a little uh, bit of a dent into his uh, head coaching uh, candidacy there but yeah, I think Ibraflus, if you want a guy that's going to come in there and build on a strength, which is the Bears' defense and tailor a little bit to your best player, which is Khalil Mack, I think it's a higher that, 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 that makes some sort of sense. But, but the flip side to that is you also need a guy that's going to come in and tailor to the guy that you traded a first-round pick to trade up for last year that that's the other yep. side of the coin. That's where Beanie Emi makes a lot of sense.
1: Well, here's the thing though, when you're interviewing candidates, you don't know that you don't know that because you know why they have a GM opening. Who's to say that the new GM that they want to bring in, likes Justin Fields, True, if they like a coach and they say, all right, it is what it is with Justin Fields. It don't work like me and this guy. We probably are going to get five-year deals. If it don't work next year, it's no problem. We'll have a first round pick the next year. We'll eat not having a first round pick this year. We'll get our own guy in here. If Justin Fields doesn't work out. So I think Iberth- is a nice shout. I think he's uh, he was a name that was on a lot of code. I feel like every team almost interviewed him last year. And a lot a lot did. And he's got very good reviews around the league. I, th- I think that's a really good shout. A little bit of a sleeper, though, for sure. the Chicago job that I thought about. I don't know why. Hasn't it always been talked about that that was Jim Harbaugh's dream job in the NFL?
0: Yes. Yes. Interesting. Big Teddy is- guy. That has been a spot. And I think he
1: stays at Michigan, though. I, really I think he I think stays at Michigan, too. I think all that's hoopla. I, I think,
0: do, too.
1: I think the job that Jim Harbaugh is would come out of retirement for, call me crazy, I think Jim Harbaugh wants to go back and coach the 49ers one day.
0: It's not a bad shout.
1: I think he loved being the coach of the 49ers.
0: It's not a bad shout. It's not a bad shout. I, I, I would even think if Harbaugh's going to come out, he's going to have to go to a spot. That is as big as what he has at Michigan. So you need to look at like a top end sort of team. Yeah. Like,
1: the Bears are that. The Bears are a The, the Bears players. are that.
0: Yeah. I, I even think like in a team we're going to talk about as to what the hell they're doing, the Giants. The Giants could have been a realistic, yeah. I don't want to say a good spot, but a realistic spot nonetheless for Jim Harbaugh.
1: Yeah. You know, I thought before, obviously recent things. I thought the Vegas Raiders made a ton of sense for Jim Harbaugh. You want to talk about a stage right there? Yeah, they made
0: all the sense in the world, all the sense yeah. in the world. But
1: now, but the Bears you know, have always like, been like a. a dr- I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't want to be quoted on that, but it's always been a thing where that was his dream job, was the Chicago Bears.
0: I feel like I've, I've seen that somewhere, so I'm gonna back you up on that one. And it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, I mean, coach of the Chicago Bears. I mean, come on. That's that's his, that's almost as historic as being head coach of the Green Bay Packers, or the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it's in the same, it's in the same sort of uh, sort of ilk. Uh, with the Giants, let's get on to them. Why 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 did they retain Joe Judge?
1: I don't think that's official yet. I don't. I don't. I, know I that. could I could see it being like, oh, we We're going in a different direction. Um. I think the only explanation would be the Giants don't want to come off as um, like, kind of like how the Cleveland Browns used to be, where they would just fire coaches every two years. I don't think the Giants want to associate themselves in that light, but the bottom line is they haven't been getting it right. I, I think the Giants are going to talk to some GM candidates, and once they're seeing that some qualified candidates aren't even giving them an interview, I think they'll, they'll start to see that they need to do something here.
0: They got to do it sooner rather than later. Because if they're going to wait a week or two to get a guy in, and that guy maybe says, okay, I want to just have my choice of a head coach, and they do decide to get rid of Joe Judge, there's no sense as to who they could go out and hire at I that dis- point. I disagree. I disagree. We've seen
1: it before where we, we, you would think that, but remember when Josh McDaniels scorned the Indianapolis Colts at the altar, then they, they went out and hired him? Chris, they went out and hired Chris Ballard and Frank Reich. And that was the best
0: thing that's ever happened to them. Fair, fair. So it's, it's, it's possible. It's possible. But if they want to get a top tier coach in, not someone that's under the radar, like Frank Reich at the time when he was hired was very under the radar. Like no one, no one really (laughs) saw that one, you know, sort of coming. Yep.
1: My pick for the giants has always been the same guy. I think Mike Zimmer makes a ton of sense for the Giants.
0: I do too. That was I exactly the guy. that I think that's the, guy that, think was that's the guy
1: that they should go after. If you if you swing and miss and you don't get Jim Harbaugh, it is what it is. You gave it right. your best shot, but I think Mike Zimmer is the
0: guy for that job. Yeah. I think he makes a ton of sense. Makes a ton a ton of sense. Quick, before we go on to the Texans, do the giant do the Giants trade for a quarterback? Yes or no?
1: You know who's the Giants' quarterback next year? I've, I kept saying it. if they keep Joe Judge, especially Jimmy Garoppolo,
0: huh?
1: I, I mean, it Garopp- makes so I think, much sense. I, th-
0: I think Garoppolo makes a lot of sense. I do too. As like a, as a stop gap option, maybe sign him to a two-year deal or a three-year deal. You have Daniel Jones is, you know, whatever at that point. And then you just hope that maybe they trade back in the draft. They trade out of the first round, one of their two first round picks. Maybe you get a first round pick next year. And then you can look at taking a quarterback next year or they take a quarterback this year try and take a swing. Maybe they go and they draft Kenny Pickett, who from what I have been told on very good authority is when he sits down in front of teams and starts flapping his lips. This is a guy that's going to be a top 15, if not top 10 pick.
1: I I, I got to dig into it all. I haven't gotten going yet with any of the scouting for the off season, but I could see it. He's got the measurables, but keep an eye on Garoppolo. Yeah. Keep an eye on him.
0: And all I will say is that there's always a quarterback that comes out of nowhere and is drafted in the top 10. So yeah, even right like- now, on Monday, January 10th, maybe mock drafts don't consistently have Kenny Pickett Thank as you. a top 10 pick. Come April, I can guarantee you there will be a quarterback in the top 10 of most top mock drafts. And, and if I had to pick one, it's it's Kenny Pickett. Uh, for the Texans with uh, with David Culley, I, I kind of think that the Texans, they played hard to end the year. It, they played it, hard for him. Yeah.
1: It rubs me the wrong way what's going on with David Culley right now. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, it, it's, it, there, it's just a very, very, very just interesting, interesting situation that's going on in, in Houston. And, and obviously there is the lingering Deshaun Watson situation that will have to be resolved at some point. Notice how there's just been no Deshaun Watson news at all within the last like ghost. six or seven months. A ghost. A complete ghost.
1: Yeah, let me propose this to you. Sure. Two scenarios. Well, number one, just for, before I give you my scenario here, it's, it runs me the wrong way. You're you're, th- you're talking about getting rid of David Cully, a man of character, for Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Like, that that that's what sucks. But let me tell you this, man. Who's to say Houston can't be like, yo, Deshaun, we want to make the situation right with you. You want to sit down now? and do what we, you know, we're going to include you in the head coaching search. You wanted to play for Brian Flores in Miami. Well, guess what? Brian Flores is a free agent out there. We happen to know Brian Flores from our days in New England. Nick Casario, the general manager, and I forget that other clown that's over there. I forgot his name. E- uh, Easterby? Jack Easterby?
0: Jack Easterby, yes. What if they say, hey, Deshaun, we know him
1: well. We got his, we got his number here on, on speed dial. What, what do you say we just put the pet let bygones be bygones and let's roll into next year? We get the third pick in the draft.
0: Wow, let, let's run it back. You know, I never connected those dots like that. That I'm just wow. saying, I mean, that would that would be a bold hire. Now, does it happen? Look, the Patriots connections are there, it makes sense.
1: And but he again, liked, he liked Brian Flores too. That's why his preferred destination was the Miami Dolphins the whole time.
0: Right, right. Now, do I get the 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 impression that the Texans want to necessarily fire David Culley after a year? Personally, I don't. But there is there a guy that they would fire him for in Flores? Yeah, the, yeah.
1: Don't be fooled. They're calling people saying, "Hey, do we have a real shot of hiring you?" Oh, I I believe that's what they're doing.
0: I believe that. I believe that. And I think they're calling every top offensive guy that there is, and then all the top defensive guys that there is. So Flores, you know, you said McDaniels before. I'm sure that they've talked to Byron Leftwich at some level. Maybe they've talked to Todd Bowles. Maybe they've talked to Mike Zimmer. They're calling some of the top candidates out there. I'm sure of that. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the playoffs. Let's go to the playoffs. We're going to run through each of each of the games and we are going to pick a winner. And then we are out of here. So start with Saturday, 430 Raiders and the Bengals. Jake, pick a winner and why?
1: I'm the biggest Joe Burrow fan outside of Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, uh, Cincinnati wins because of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. That's all I need to
0: say. Cincinnati wins for me. I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have big days. I think Joe Mixon has a big day as well. I say the Bengals blow out the, the Raiders. Blow out. It's a romp. Yep. I agree as well. Uh, Patriots and the Bills. eight fifteen on Saturday. This is going to be a really interesting, interesting game. I'm very tempted to take the Patriots. I'm very, very tempted. If this was in Foxborough, I would take the Patriots. Because it's in Buffalo, I'm gonna take the Bills. But I don't know what the the, the spread is off the top of my head. I would imagine it's probably maybe three and a half. Four. I believe it
1: is. I believe it is three and a half. To answer your question,
0: I think that's a very good line for for that game. I would stay away from it with just personally. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Buffalo I'm gonna take Buffalo but would I be surprised if the Patriots win I I I if the bills win oh yeah if the Patriots win no I would not be surprised if, if the Patriots win that game
1: I'm pick, I'm picking the pats
0: I'm not surprised and I I'm, don't blame I'm,
1: I'm taking the Pats I think the Pats win this game 16 to 13. very low scoring mm-hmm. I don't think the Buffalo bills are equipped to play football and I think the bills are more equipped to play in warm weather than they are in cold weather to be completely honest with you
0: with the yeah. way they play. Yep. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yep. I'm going to take the bills. It's a low scoring affair. I'm going to go 21, 20 last second field goal.
1: Yeah. I think New England is, I, I actually like New England better in Buffalo than in New England with the conditions that yeah, be and, like. and, and they, they have run, run run.
0: And they have been very impressive on the road. I believe they only have one loss this year on the road and they have a losing record at home. Yeah. Which is which is crazy to me. So I mean this, this sets up for the Patriots. It, it it does. Um, but I think the best team narrowly, narrowly pulls this off. The Eagles and the Bucks. I mean, we don't need to spend much yeah. time on this.
1: No, we're picking Tom Brady, not even yep. close.
0: Tom Brady and the Bucks, the Eagles and not beating a team with a winning record all year long. The 49ers and the Cowboys. This is tricky.
1: I don't think this is a slam dunk for Dallas. It's not. It's not. I'm. I'm gonna take Dallas. I think it's a high scoring game too. Give me Dallas mm. twenty eight twenty one. I think. I think they win by a touchdown.
0: Give me Dallas 35
1: 28. Oh it, yeah. I mean, listen. It's just Tomato, tomato. There. Yeah. But I. I. I, I, sc- I just. I think Dallas wins at home. If this game was in San Fran, I think I might be tempted to pick the Niners. I agree.
0: I. I completely agree. I think home field is what's going to take this. And I just think also the advantage that Dallas has a quarterback over San Fran will show itself. But but Dak Prescott has got to be the Dak Prescott from this week versus the Eagles and not the Dak Prescott from week 17 against the Cardinals that only played for a half. So the Cowboys, they, they've got to be ready from the jump. And um, I think they're that they are going to be. Uh, we don't need to spend much time on this one either. Steelers, Chiefs. <laughs> Uh, it's like a buy for the, it's like the chiefs got a glorified buy pretty pretty much uh the only good thing about this game i will say is that we'll all get to be in bed by halftime and we won't have to watch because we have work in the morning so you know what sucks good. is
1: though i kind of wish the ravens were the 7 seed in the afc I, if lamar jackson played that would be a great game that would arguably would be, a be the terrific best game, game.
0: It. it would anybody anybody but the steelers it would be yeah a great it's game. just like enough exactly uh, and for, for me, this is the game of Wild Card Weekend. Monday night, Cardinals, Rams. Give me the Rams. Give me the Cardinals. The Cardinals have been one of the most inconsistent teams second half of the year.
1: I know. Give me the Cardinals. The world thinks the Rams are unbeatable. All the pressure will be on the Rams in that game. I Monday see, night, I... the world watching. Give me the Cardinals. And also... Cardinals beat them the first time. The Rams beat them the second time. Give me the Cardinals. Isn't DeAndre is is DeAndre Hopkins supposed to play on Monday? Out of curiosity, they're
0: hoping they're, they're hoping, hoping that he's going to play, which would be a big help.
1: And JJ Watt is also activated off the injured reserve too.
0: Yep, and Chase Edmonds will be will be back there as well. So they're going to have a James going to have too. their array of of options for you, Monday night.
1: Give me the Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals got to pick some upsets man you don't have a single upset on your on your whole pick Uh, if
0: there is if there are two upsets on here that i could realistically see happening it's the patriots over the bills and the 49ers over the cowboys
1: i think the cardinals win on monday night give me the cardinals i'm a big fan of kyler murray i think a lot of people forgot how good kyler murray was he also looks a lot healthier um now than when he did coming off of injury give me kyler the world everybody thinks the rams are so good let me tell you something man Are they really that much better with Matthew Stafford than they are with Jared Goff? Me personally, I think they're a a fraction better with Matthew Stafford than Jared Goff.
0: They're maybe 15% better. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe.
1: Give me the Cardinals pulling off the upset on Monday night.
0: And we've seen Matthew Stafford in the playoffs before. And and he's not been all that good. So maybe that is an opportunity for uh, for an upset uh, there. So before we go, Jake, um, let's have a song, shall we? So what, what, what's a song that you've been listening to lately?
1: Um, That's a really good question. I don't really know. Um, I don't really listen to music that much anymore. I think a song that I've been listening to a lot lately, Um, I'm going to the Kane Brown concert. I'm, I'm going to miss mm. the Patriots game on Saturday night, as crazy as that sounds. I'm going to be at a I'll concert. I'll keep you informed. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I mean, it's going to be tough, but it is what it is. I mean, if I knew that it would be Patriots bills, I don't know if I would have bought tickets, but <laughs> – whatever um i like the song uh rodeo by kane brown mm, that's a good song i, I don't a, know if you like that one
0: that's a very 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 good song uh from for me what i've what i've been listening to uh lately is to hank it's on uh hick's tape volume two it is a uh, hardy brantley gilbert just and uh, Cold just
1: track of my life man we had us tonight between outlaw women and my right of friends every song you sang you just seemed to feel like a Chevy on a riverbank no telling how many beers I've
0: drank so real quick yeah well, who's your Super Bowl matchup uh Super Bowl matchup for me I'm gonna go with Uh oh, going to go with the – I mean, I know who I'm going to pick for the AFC, as boring as it is. I'm going to pick the Chiefs. I'm going to pick – do I really go for the Bucs again? No. Nah, fuck it. Give me the Chiefs and the Cowboys.
1: Fuck it. Let me tell you something, man. Super Bowl matchup. I'll give you my Super Bowl matchup, my Super Bowl winner. I got Green Bay out of the NFC. Sensible. Out of the AFC, I'm going to be different here. The Cincinnati Bengals stand up.
0: We're going to the Super Bowl. And who wins?
1: I think Green Bay wins the Super Bowl, but okay. I think Cincinnati I think Cincinnati's going to the Super Bowl this year. I'm just going to put it out there.
0: Okay, and based on my prediction, Dallas wins the Super Bowl. Great, get your tickets get your tickets right now that is going to be a edition of the basement talk podcast we will be back next week after wild card weekend everyone enjoy the games enjoy the national championship tonight let's go tied I have big money on Alabama so we will catch you on the next one stay tuned for basement talk podcast finish show this week as well so for Jake I'm bird thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time bye bye in this crazy world of choices i Sci-fi